Donna and Carrie, tell us a story. Make it creepy with all of the glory, full of carbs and cocks and ghosts and glocks. History and mystery with all the deets. Don't forget to check the crime beats. Make us laugh and make us cry. Now I want a banana pie. Donna and Carrie, tell us a story. Fill it with details, pleasing and gory. Make us fear fart and let the laughs fly. Don't forget the boy bye. We love you forevermore. Don't forget to lock the back door. You help us fill our downtime. We devour each episode like a fine wine. Donna and Carrie, tell us a story. Love you both and keep on going. You make our lives so much less boring. Sending best wishes a forever creepster. Wish I was your legitimate sister. Love from an extra large pizza from Illinois. Thank you for all you do and keep on being extra because we adore you. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 237. Y'all, we had an intro. Thank you so much, Rebecca, a.k.a. Becky. And the best poem fucking ever. The banana pie and the seasters. Yeah, I giggled out loud at the seasters. So funny. I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, and if you want uh, to do an intro just like Becky did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, jumping right in. This one is called A Man Under My House, My Dog Saved Me, and Followed in Walmart. Hey, you spooktacular ladies. I honestly can't believe that I'm actually writing y'all. If you guys actually read this, I might scream. My name is Jasmine, and yes, you can use my name. Any hoodle. God, that sounds like something you would say, Donna. I do love when people say that. I've never heard any hoodle. Any hoodle? I've heard any hoosits. Oh, no, I've heard any hoodle. I like it. Let's get down to business. The first story takes place the summer before my sophomore year of high school. My father and I were looking for a house after he and my mom had separated, and we stumbled on a two-bedroom that was for rent. We took the opportunity and moved in. Me, my father, and my little brother. My older brother stayed with us from time to time, but mostly stayed at his girlfriend's house. As high schoolers, how they got away with that is beyond me, cries in the only girl in the Hispanic household. This house sat right in the middle of town where we lived, so much so that I could literally walk to the police within three minutes. So as a freshly 15-year-old girl, I wanted to explore and looked around the house. We went outside where I could walk and not tell my dad, of course. I walked up the street to the liquor store and down the street to the park. Very convenient. The park, I mean. Our house sat on a very small yard and was very close to the street, and the other side was engulfed in woods. I hope I'm doing these details justice. Well, I was looking around my yard and I saw a small door on the side of my house. Think Coraline. Anyway, I was scared to open it because, you know, bugs. I called my dad to tell him and he told me he would investigate when he got home. He got home, opened it, and there were clothes all in there. And we were both confused. It was a regular crawl space that sat under my room. We threw them away and put zip ties on it so no animals would get in. One night, I was laying down in my bed watching YouTube and heard coughing. It was a small house and my dad usually sleeps on the couch... But my dad had a specific cough that I could point out in a heartbeat. So I got up off my bed and laid on the floor and pressed my ear to the floor and heard it again. I told my dad and he said he would check it in the morning. The next morning, the zip ties were gone and the door was open halfway. We closed it back up, 
but kept it between us because we didn't want to scare my little brother. The next morning, the ties were still there and we went on our way. A couple of months went by and we forgot about it until I came home from school. When the water hose was trickling on and the crawlspace door was open slightly again. I was annoyed more than I was scared because how rude of you to not turn my water off that my father pays for. The guy kept coming and going as he pleased and honestly it wasn't scary at all. It was kind of cool in a weird way. We lived there for about five years and he stopped coming by around the third year roughly. I hope he's doing well. Story two, this takes place around my junior year. My dad had got me a puppy because he thought I was lonely due to my parents separating. He grew rapidly. He was a pit bull mixed with a lab named Max. One night, my dad went to my grandma's house, which was just about 40 minutes away, just to talk and catch up. I stayed home alone with just Max. My dad told me not to let the dog out at night when he wasn't home. However, Max was whining to go out, so I decided to take him out. Max did his business while I looked at the street and saw the same car going up and down the road. I waited until he was finished, then walked to the porch where the light was dim. The car pulled off the road and kind of on my grass, and a man rolled down the passenger window. It was dark, and I couldn't see his face at all. I was scared, and Max could tell. Something to know about him, he wasn't friendly at all until I would give him a command. Once I tell him the command, he backs off. That night, he was barking at the man in the car so loudly, I couldn't think. So, I gave him a command that put him on guard, but he was quiet. The man asked if this address was another address, and I said no. He then said, well, can you come here and show me where to go? Um, girl, what the fuck do you think this is? So, I said no, and to leave, or I'll tell my dad to come out here. What he said next makes my hands sweat every time. He said, I don't see his car here, and he's been gone for a long time. Then I see his car door open. I drop Max's leash and say, get him, boy. Max, at this point, is showing teeth and running up to the car. The man closed the door and sped off. I called Max back and hauled ass back inside, called my dad on the verge of tears. Luckily, he was about 25 minutes away and was at the house in what felt like 10 minutes. Never underestimate parental protection. I was on the edge for like a month, but always felt safe with Max around. You bet your bottom dollar I give Max all the treats he could handle. RIP to the best boy in the world. Story three. Okay, last one, I promise. This story takes place in June 2021. I just graduated high school in May and was on the hunt for a job. I didn't want to go to college at the time, and my dad was really on my ass about going. So my cousin and I decided to look for a job we could work together. We picked a warehouse job that was the night shift. I'd never worked before in my life because my dad wanted me to focus on school, so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. My cousin was older than me and had worked at a warehouse job before and told me what to expect. She was 21 and I was 18, and I wanted to quit the first day. But I didn't want my dad to say I told you so, so I didn't. After a month into it, we finally got the hang of the night shift. During the day, we felt like zombies, but we still had errands to do. Since I didn't have a car, I stayed with my cousin at my grandma's house to carpool. I didn't want to be a freeloader, so I chipped in with groceries or house essentials. When doing errands at Walmart, me and my cousin were ready to get this over with, and we were looking for things when I get this feeling somebody's watching me. When I look up, I see two heavy white guys just studying us. I don't tell my cousin because she'll look everywhere, but where is she supposed to look? I keep it in the back of my mind because they aren't doing anything but looking. I tested the waters and walked to the ladies' undie section and then the tampon aisle where they stood far away but could still see us. 
men either get what they're looking for and be embarrassed about it in that aisle in the first place, or they steer clear of it. So I let them follow us into the multiple self-checkout line. When we're next in line, I quickly grab my cousin and say, oh shit, dude, we forgot grandma's soap. The checkout lady tells the creepy guy behind us that they can get the machine that just opened up, and I look behind us, and they look pissed. I hurry and zoom to the other self-checkout line on the other side of the store and leave. With my cousin completely in the dark, we leave without them following. She finally asks why I'm in such a rush, and I tell her about the guys. She then says, damn bitch, you smart. I said, I know, and giggle, and tell her that she needs to be more aware. She's older than me, but she's shorter and more petite than I. Anyway, I'm sorry for this super long stories. I know it was kind of true crimey, but Donna, I have paranormal stories if you guys want to hear them. Love you guys and all the stuff you do for the podcast. I hope you ladies have a great day. Also, this story is from 7-28-2023. Okay, bye. Jasmine, that was the best damn doggy on the planet. Yes, yes. That motherfucker said his car ain't here and he hadn't been here in a minute. Uh-uh. Right. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you literally had a frogger in your at your house and... I love that. It was kind of cool in a creepy way. No, it was kind of <laughs> no, creepy in a creepy way. See, I would have tick, tick, tick on that police door that was just walking distance from your house and been like, come get this guy. Whereas y'all are like, I will just zip tied again. Maybe he won't come back. Meanwhile, here's my problem is like, I wonder if he's cute. Oh my what God. if we had like a thing going on and no one knew about it? See, I would be like, what if he can like see me? I know. See, that would also That's like be a, a good thing, thing for you. For you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got issues. We know. (laughs) But I do get that from, like, I do get it, Donna, though. Yeah. Like, again, it's all in fantasy land. If that really happened, I would feel violated because that is a violation of your privacy and all of that. But you know what I mean? Like, in, in Donna's world right now, that's sexy. But if you go in Donna's crawl hole... Not her blowhole, her crawl. <laughs> no wonder I'm single if I got a crawl hole. <laughs> <laughs> I love these kind of stories. Yes, I love paranormal, but I loved all of these stories. But also hit us up with your paranormal stories, too. Oh, and I wanted to say I feel you on like having a Hispanic father because my brother could do no wrong. My brother had a girlfriend who lived with him when he was a teenager. Um, If I so much... Said Walker, Texas Ranger, was cute. My dad was like, go to your room. Because, you know, I couldn't do it. But my brother, you know, could do anything. Also, my dad didn't want me to have a job. He wanted me to focus on school because he was very strict about that. So, like, again, with you being like, okay, this is my first job. Like, I don't really know what to do. I get that. Okay, the next one. Well, ladies, life has surely been a lot as of late. Since my last write-in, I got my world absolutely turned upside down. May 31st, 2023, my best friend, partner of five years, father of our four daughters, and the rock in my life was in a single vehicle wreck, and he died on the scene. I, funeral worker extraordinaire, fingerprinted, clothed, and spruced up my sweet man one last time, and we buried him privately on his parents' land. I don't know if I've ever been more gutted than this, but I will say your voices and laughter have brought me some sort of comfort when I'm feeling like I'm all alone. It's lonely, you know, like really, really lonely. But that's not what this story's about. This is about the amazing news that the absolute dog shit of a human, if you can call him that, who was responsible for the death of sweet Jennifer Odom in February of 1993. Her family lived on the road where mine lived for years, and her body was found on a road in the town I grew up in. 
I felt so close to her for some reason. And I would visit her gravesite ever so often as it was right by my children's school near the ranch where my late partner worked. The area where she was abducted was on my road and she was taken when leaving the school bus. So we always took care to be early to the bus stop to grab our oldest girls off the bus, no matter the weather. It takes a real brief moment for something to happen like it did to poor Jennifer. My late partner was always listening in on my podcast and watching episodes of 2020 and ID shows, and I know he's probably cheering on with Jennifer in heaven that that scumbag who stole her life will finally face justice. Jeffrey Norman Crumb will live out what should have been his golden years of old age confined to a cell, although I do think he was already serving multiple life sentences. I know he has only God to answer to in the end, but I hope that his time here is unpleasant enough to make him truly regret violating and robbing that child of her life and hiding his guilt for 30 years. I hope he finds remorse within himself, but only time will tell. I pray that next, that little town can solve the odd death of Timmy Lindsay from 2004 and find answers for the family of Sia Taylor, who's been missing since February 2020. The town I grew to love and call home for so many years has become more of a graveyard since my recent loss. My partner worked daily at the Bellamy Brothers Ranch and was on the road leaving there when he overturned our car. The whole area is dark now, so I rarely go back if I can help it. Every day I see a new roadside memorial pop up in my drives around town or to other places, so this can serve as a simple reminder to anyone listening. Wear your fucking seatbelt, pay attention to the road and those around you, don't drink and drive, and always kiss the ones you love goodbye. They may not come back. I hope you ladies are staying safe and as cool as you can in the South because girls, Florida ain't playing this summer. This is the heat that makes me cuss at inanimate objects where even the breeze feels like someone opened the oven on us. Woo. Bless these men and women out doing labor in this heat. My honey did it every day and it ain't no joke. Y'all stay hydrated and don't be scared to take a break when you need it. Love you ladies. Thank you for all you do. And love, love, love to my creepsters. Y'all better not get any less weird. In fact, get weirder. Love, Indy Rose. So sorry for your loss. Yes, that is heartbreaking. Yeah, that's tragic. Your story had everything. It was that what we just said. But then also it was like, yay, someone actually has to face justice. But then also you hit us with all the other unanswered, you know, cold cases. So it's just like, huh. it's so hard to like celebrate a win when there's so much other things that are still out there and unanswered. Hopefully Jennifer's family, like her parents and all were still alive to, you know, finally get the justice that they deserve. Okay, the next one. Hey, y'all from Tennessee. But they did TN and then in parentheses told me that it was Tennessee. <laughs> Oh, y'all know me too well. Well, also, I'm like, okay, how'd you know Carrie was going to read yours? True. I've listened to your podcast for what feels like ages, and I still have over 400-something episodes to go. I love y'all's friendship, and listening to your podcast makes me feel like I'm shooting the shit with my friends, and I love it. Now for the story. I have more, but I figured I would send this one first, and I'd offer the others if y'all want them. But I know you do, so they'll come after this one. My name's Becca, and yes, you can use my name. Before we get into the sinister event, we need a little background story to understand. Ever since I was 14 years old, I had problems with painful and irregular periods. I went to countless doctors looking for answer, and all I got told was, here's some birth control. It should help. And they would just write it off like that was that. 
It wasn't until I was 21 years old that the pain was becoming unbearable and I went to see yet another OBGYN. I was afraid I'd just get put on another medicine. I've been on every form of birth control possible up until this point, but I needed to do something. Within five minutes of asking various questions and listening to my concerns and symptoms, he said, prepare now. It's not if you need surgery, it's when. This has gone on far too long and I'm going to have to figure it out. I was with my now ex-wife at the time, thank God, and I told her what he said. We had only been together about nine months at this point and she lived two hours away from me. She got a hotel room to stay with me after my surgery and to help take care of me. The day came and man did those happy drugs feel nice. She drove me back to the hotel and still pretty zonked from everything I naturally get comfy and pass out. I'm not sure how long I was asleep but I had a nightmare is what I thought it was at the time. I want to preface with I've never had sleep paralysis before and didn't even know what it was until this incident. In my dream, I was in an empty room with one wall with a window in it. The kind like you see in police TV shows in the interview rooms. I was strapped down to a chair with my wrist and my ankles bound to the chair legs with leather straps. There was a single light on me shining down from the ceiling. As I was looking around and thinking, what the entire fuckery is this? I saw a woman with blonde hair coming towards me. She had a long white shirt and she kept asking me to let her in. I kept saying no, then she started circling me and kept asking. I kept saying no and she stopped in front of me. Her eyes were black and she had the most sinister smile I'd ever seen. She bent over so her face was right in front of mine and started speaking Latin. Terrified, I started to scream to drown her out. The light over me kept getting brighter as I was thinking, Jesus, I say no. While I was screaming, I tried to move, but I couldn't, and I couldn't speak. My ex woke me up because I was screaming in my sleep. Since that day, I haven't dreamt of her since, but that was over four years ago, and I still remember like it was last night. For those wondering about the results of the surgery, he discovered I have PCOS, or polycystic ovarian syndrome, and endometriosis. He said that there were so many cysts on both of my ovaries that he couldn't understand how they were still functioning. He excised as much endometriosis lesions as he could and burned off all the cysts. Unfortunately, with these diseases, there's no cure and no reason as to why they occur. I'm now 27 and still have daily struggles from the pain caused by this disease. My pain threshold has gotten so high that I stay at a 6 out of 10 pain. I've been told by my current doctor, who's an endometriosis specialist, that my only two choices now are a pill that induces menopause or a full hysterectomy. Endometriosis and PCOS is no joke. It has ransacked my body for years and still is. Most doctors disregard painful periods because they think it's just a part of life. It's a fight for years for most doctors to hear us and to listen. It's a process with a diagnosis and even then the fight isn't over because most treatments don't last very long because the lesions grow back. It's a constant uphill battle and it's surprising that so little people are aware of this disease. Anyway, sorry for rambling at the end. I'll send in more stories later on so keep an eye out. Everyone, always apologizes for the length of their stories, but I love the long ones. In traditional fashion, sorry for the length of the story. As always, creep it real and don't get scared and don't let her in. Fuck no, I'm not letting that bitch in. Mm-mm. Look, creepy black eyes hovering over me like fucking, she wants me to eat an apple. <laughs> Didn't she sound like the thing mm-hmm. when she, in this thing? Yeah. Snow White? Yeah. Evil woman? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were talking yes, about. Yes, I just can't get words out. They're very hard. This is why we rely on y'all to send us in stories, because we can't talk. No. I don't want to ever experience that kind of sleep paralysis. No, that's fucking terrifying. Also, period stuff is just so hard, because it's so much like a final thing. You either have to have a hysterectomy, or 
like you're going to have to suffer or whatever. And it's like certain people want to have families and stuff. And you're like, I don't know. It's just that's such a hard thing. And it's not fair. You shouldn't have to decide between living pain free and like having biological children. Yeah. And it's vice versa, too, because I had wanted a hysterectomy and still want one. But from in my 20s and they're like, you might want kids. And I'm like, I don't. Like, let's do this. This is terrible. It interferes with every part of my life. They're like, no, you got to get into a little bit older. And it's like, I am in my 20s. I am an adult. This is my body. I'm saying I don't want kids, you know, and it's just like, you know what I mean? It's either they're like, not just yet, or it's like, got to do it right now. Anyway, I, I feel you on the pain, girl. Okay, next one. More on my haunted classroom. Hello, my lovely ladies. It's been a bit since I wrote here. The new school year has started, and with its start, I had a very unnerving experience. Remember last time I was rushed by a mass and braced for the impact and nothing happened? Well, today I was working in my room alone, getting it ready for my students' third and fourth block. I had seen the mass moving around the last couple of days, but today I had been fine-tuning some stuff. I sat around at the desk to take a break and set up my computer for the smart board to play some groovy music. The students roll their eyes when I say this. I love being a bit eccentric and annoying. It gets them to smile and laugh. I'm sitting there working out the annoying wireless connection when I hear in my ear, what do you think you're doing? But more than that, I felt someone's presence there suddenly and felt the breath on my ear and in my hair. I froze. I finally turned slowly and no one was there, just the wall and windows. I'm on the second floor, so no student could whisper through the windows. Plus, they're super thick and the only opening to the classroom is a door on the other side of the room and how I have my desk sitting, I would be able to see anyone who came in instantly. I was beyond creeped out, but kept working so to not acknowledge it. Plus, my students were about to come in, so I had to be okay. So, I'm beginning to think my room's haunted. What do you think? Uh, your classroom's haunted. (laughs) Took a poll and uh, came back haunted as fuck. Yep, get out now. Also, thank you for teaching because that is hard as fuck and appreciate you. You know, I'm so glad that they have the smart boards and all of that, but I do miss just a good projection, like... I love to see them right on the projection, overhead projector. That's what I meant. I was, gonna, I was like, ma'am, those aren't what those are called. No, <laughs> but the overhead projector. Like I used to think, because I really wanted to be a teacher when I was younger. And I was like, I cannot wait to write on those so much. Oh, I loved it. How'd that work out for you? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a lefty, so your hand would constantly have oh been dirty. Oh my God. Do you know the temper tantrums I would have thrown? Because that was like, it stayed wet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it never really dried. Uh-uh. Yeah, but I, I too loved the projectors and I wanted to write on those. Especially like the math teachers because they would have the roll of this yeah. stuff. So they could just like roll. God, loved it. Although the inner anal retentive in me was really bothered whenever they wouldn't uh, completely erase it and you could see like a smudge that was very traumatizing for me yes and then when they would have the piece of paper like the translucent like sheet and it'd be like cockeyed yes and i feel like monk because i can't focus on whatever the fuck they're saying because i'm just like just change it just just uh, just just a little bit and everything would be fine all right the next one shadow people I found you searching the word paranormal on Spotify and have been a long-time listener. I will just jump into the story now. A little background for context. 
I was 16 and really struggling with suicidal ideations following a sexual assault by someone I thought was a friend. After being told that there was not enough evidence to get anything done, I spiraled and found myself in a facility. That's where this story takes place. After a long day of group therapy, we were in the group room. The room had the seats arranged in a circle to one side of the room and no windows, and to the other side of the room was a small kitchen-like area with drinks. The other kids are talking amongst themselves, and I'm not feeling like socializing, so I silently observe. I'm looking around, and I see them. They are in a group of five, and they're the size of teenagers or short adults. Misty and gray, human-shaped, not solid. I could see the wall through them. They have no discerning features, but I can feel them watching. Three are standing side by side and two are crouching in front of the others, just creepily watching, not moving. I'm internally freaking out and looking around for anyone else who has seen them, but nothing. No one is looking. So they are either pretending like they don't or I'm the only one who can see them. I'm not sure which one, but I decided to ignore them because no one would believe me. If you ask me, it's the perfect place for that type of entity. It's all written off as hallucinations. It's my first experience, but I know better than to say anything. I watched them for a while, and then they just dissipated. Every encounter with them. Creepy, shadowy, peeping Tom just showing up and watching people. It's been 26 years, and I have not figured it out. Sorry if this doesn't make sense. I'm not a writer or a storyteller. I'm totally stoned. So if you need clarification details, please let me know. Keep it creepy and don't get scared, Danielle. Wait, I was so thinking that when you were telling your story, I was like, what a perfect place because they're just going to be like, oh, it's your meds or, oh, you're hallucinating or, oh, this. And that's what's so hard about the paranormal. Is it, is it really a hallucination? If you are on medication, is it like lifting the veil a little bit because you're medicated or the medication's causing it? Or are you really seeing something? Yeah, Also, thank you so much for saying creepily because Carrie always says it's not a word. Okay, we looked it up and it is a word, but I uh, side smiled whenever I read that word because I was like, oh, Lord, Donna says that. And she's (laughs) like, it it is a word though. We Googled it. Also, thank you for sharing your story about what you went through. Also, what if shadow people were like, were like sent from aliens, but like, it's like a hologram. So like, that's why they're only watching And not really doing anything and, like, reporting back. Not sure. What if it's, like, like the Wonka vision? Yeah. God, they always made candy look so good on that movie. Really, really did. Okay, the next one. Hey, creepy ladies. So, I'm writing a second time. For those keeping track, I am sending this August 11th, 2023. Also, feel free to use names. I have my boyfriend's permission to share his less common name, so we're all good. Also, note that we are polyamorous. So you'll hear about me, Amy, my husband, Jace, and my boyfriend, Rufio. So last time I wrote in about going to the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, and my van moving on its own up a hill, and I lost time. Since that night, the van popped a tire, pitched me across the road, and was totaled. So we have a new one. We also have a new home due to capitalism and other nonsense. I promise this works into the story. The van stuff from last time is really the only big story I have of the spooky, despite my entire obsession with it. That seems to have changed and, well, none of this is groundbreaking stuff, just a list of little things, I think. So let me back up a bit. A few days before we went on that trip, mentioned in my last email, I was T-boned in my own car. I was mostly unhurt, but my car was totaled. That's the reason I was driving the van on that trip in the first place. 
The trip happened, and that following March, I was driving the van, and a tire popped, pitched me across three lanes of traffic, and into a heavy mailbox and planter. Again, I was mostly unhurt, but the van was totaled. The same weekend we were told that the van was totaled, we were informed that our house was being sold and that our lease wouldn't be renewed, so we had to get another vehicle as well as find a new place to live. During this time, Rufio and his parents were having more issues than normal, and he needed to get out as soon as possible. Jason and I found a home that all three of us could live in, a gorgeous 1925 house with a fantastic backyard for our dogs, closer to both of our jobs, and a finished attic perfect for Rue. I also found a van that worked incredibly well for us. Rufio asked to smudge and bless both the house and the van. And of course, I told him to do so. And we began moving in late May. First off, this was the first time I was present for this type of ritual. We walked throughout the house with the smudge pot, and it was really interesting to see the smoke settle into some rooms and not others. Apparently, the smoke settles when the space is clean and tries to move away from negative spirits. In the back office, the pot began to pop and crackle, talking to us, as Rue put it. We returned to those rooms two or three times each until the smoke settled in and the pot was quiet. We then went through with drums and chants while Rue chanted, I sort of mumbled through languages I don't know, again to cleanse and bless the space. He put up sigils on windows and mirrors and drove iron spikes into the corners of the yard to protect us from negative spirits. Side note, the neighbors across the street later said she saw us doing our witchy shit and knew she had to meet us. She and her roommate are lovely, as are many of our neighbors. Since then, things were hard for a bit. The adjustment was, well, difficult. We made it and all is good, but it was touch and go there for a bit. During this, there began to be noises in the house. Now, mind you, I have six dogs, four cats, and Rue has a lizard. Plus, the attic is finished, but there is a crawl space around the finished area, and I'm pretty certain that squirrels or a raccoon was up there, so the occasional bump or rattle is to be expected. The very distinct footfalls, though, not so much. When Rufio wasn't home, I hear what sounds like heavy boots upstairs pretty regularly. I've also heard faint music and talking. I usually thought, eh, neighbors have their music up loud, or, oh, someone walked by while on the phone, but then realized the neighbors weren't home, or that no one was walking by. Then about a week ago, Rufio called me at work with a slight panic in his voice. He said he had he had been in the kitchen fixing his lunch to head to work himself and one of the cats started hissing at the milk jug on the counter. He turned around to see what the cat's issue was and the lid on the milk twisted and then popped off the jug. The cat was sitting on the floor hissing at the jug and Rue was across the kitchen. Nothing was near the jug and it's a twist cap. We started calling that one the milk ghost. A couple of nights later, Rue and I were upstairs hanging out while he dyed his hair. We were both in his bathroom and there was a water bottle on a plastic tote across from where I was sitting. It wasn't close enough for either of us to touch. We were just shooting the shit, as one does, and I watched the bottle lift from the tote and then flop back down onto its side. Rufio smudged the house again. This time, the pot talked to us in the downstairs bathroom, and I informed whatever was there that, look, I already have cats, dogs, a boyfriend, and a husband who all seem to think I need to be observed while pooping, so no spirits are allowed in there, negative or otherwise. 
I was sitting alone in the living room a few days ago and I saw a shadow pass from the front door across the front window and disappear in front of the fireplace. I was home alone and all the animals were asleep. That night, and what prompted this email, Rue and I went out for food at like 1 a.m. Don't judge us too harshly. It's been a hell of a couple of weeks. Anyway, as we were driving back home, I saw a large something come from behind a car parked on the side of the street as if it were crossing the road and then disappear. It was too big to be a cat, possum, raccoon, and there really aren't any stray dogs in the area. Plus, when I flipped on my brights, I saw nothing. Not a creature was stirring. Okay, cool, 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 cool. We parked in front of the house, and we were just sitting in the van talking. Why are middle-of-the-night vehicle talks the best? And we saw a shadow cross the front window of the house. This is the same window where I saw the shadow previously. But where that one was light, wispy, and high up, this one looked like a person walking by the window. I thought it was Jace coming out to check on us, but nothing came out of the front door. That window and the front door are catty-cornered, so if someone were walking in front of the window going that direction, it should have walked out my front door. And between the two of us, we saw the shadow three times in the time that we were out there. Rue also saw a shadow get into our neighbor's car that was parked in front of their house. The doors never opened and no one was around, but the shadow got into it. Aside from Rufio not liking the craft room, I haven't noticed a problem myself. Nothing in the house feels negative, neutral at worst. Rue saw that there was a couple of blue herons that live by the creek three houses down, which is a great sign. Several neighbors have wards of some type in their yard or colored bottles around or other witchy, ritually things. So I feel like any of our shit won't even raise an eyebrow. We also say that we have been blessed by the lizard gods. A gecko got in our house shortly after we moved and Jason and I gently called it before the cats could bother it and got it back outside safely. Since then, there are geckos all around the porch and window every night. There are baby ones and they are great little bug catchers. There was this family of wrens nesting on the chimney when we moved in, and two of the fledgling babies got into the house. I caught them and put them back up for the parents to find. The third time a baby got in, the parents hung around the windows till someone helped. I set the baby down in the same spot as the others, and the mother flew in so close, her wing brushed my arm. I'm easy to convince that she gave me some sort of blessing that day. The baby birds have all flown off on their own now, but the neighbors say they've been a staple there, so I look forward to them next year. I don't know what else will happen with this house, but a 100-year-old home plus several pieces of antique furniture, I'm bound to have more stories. Love you gals, and stay spooky. Oops, and I forgot to say that's the last one. You said a lot of animals, like I'm just supposed to know what they are. I know. I was like, okay, that's a bird. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I mean, the herring, all I can think of is Rose from Golden Girls, and I just assumed it was not really real. A heron. Like a pickled herring? No, a heron. Spell it. H-E-R-O-N. What the fuck is that? A bird. Oh. But a herring is a bird, too. Have I been saying it? That ain't, that ain't, that ain't what she been saying all this time? <laughs> pickled herring. <laughs> yes, pickled herring is a thing. What the fuck is herring? Is it, it's fish? Ew. Y'all, I <laughs> thought that was a bird since the beginning of Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's a fish? <laughs> What the fuck? Y'all, my world has been rocked. Has y'all's world, did y'all think that was a bird the whole time? <laughs>
I love that you just kept saying herring back to me. And I'm like, no, heron. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, herring. Yeah. I pick one herring. N- no. <laughs> God. Wowza. You think you know something. <laughs> Cue the rainbow. You actually know nothing. Oh, my gosh. Well, thankful for your story. I now know the difference between a herring and a heron. Right. I've never heard of a heron before. <laughs> also, yes, midnight or later car talks. Yes. Ugh. I know. I like nodded my head when you said that. I was like, yes, they really are. Yes. Y'all, thank y'all so much for these stories. They were awesome. Y'all know we love the long ones too. Keep them coming. If you want your story read on an episode, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.